Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you could join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. Father, I thank you for this space, this moment, this time, every man, every woman. Lord, we lift our lives up to you, King of all, God of all. Speak the way you must, Lord. God, I pray that this last service, your touch and your grace will be upon it. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Lord, your people need you. I need you. Lord, anoint us afresh and you one more time in this space. God, let, let lives come alive to you today. Lord, let purpose be found to you. Lord, let the light of heaven shine upon hearts and minds in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, one more time. Just give the Lord a hand. Come on, like you mean it. Come on, let's believe this last service. It's going to be a great service. High five, three people, tell them, glad you brushed your teeth. Some of you are saying that in faith. Good to see you in the house of God. Good to see you in the house of God. Do we have overflow? They're in the back. All right, we're kind of cheating a little bit up there. How you doing up there in the cheat seats? Good to see you. Can we put our hands together for the worship team uh, one more time? Production team, thank you. Sitting up there in the man cave. Kids teams, one more time. Let's give them a hand. Appreciate and so many different people to uh, appreciate and we thank you. Hey, don't forget, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we are fasting as a church for two days per week for the next uh, few weeks as we're leading into King's Court and through King's Court to our grand opening. And uh, man, I just want to just believe that um, awesome things are going to happen. So I don't know how you fast. I don't know if you've ever fasted before, but I think you're going to, I'm not sure, I was about to say you're going to enjoy it. You enjoy the faith that comes after it, and you'll enjoy the breakthrough that comes after it. So whether that's sun up to sundown for you, or maybe just all the way through, just fast. But then make sure you are praying in that time. Tuesday morning, ladies' prayer, 6.15, King's Court. Men's prayer, 5.15, King's Court. 6 a.m., King's Court. Good stuff happens at 6 a.m. Isn't that right? You're like, I don't know. Uh, you know, but I uh, hope you can make it out. And then team night will actually be Wednesday night and uh, you'll get to see all kinds of good stuff going on. Are you good? Yes. So anyway, this week, um, this week was one of those parental moments. Um, how many parents in the house? Just give me a shout. Okay. Some of you seemed excited. Some of you, you know, you're like, it's a bad season. Uh, well, anyway, I had some funny moments this week. A number of different moments that were just classic parenting moments, man. You're just like, my goodness, this is one for the books. So anyway, I was uh, talking to my son. He, uh, Shelly was at soccer. He was at the playground and um, he was just kind of swing around. He loves American Ninja Warrior. So he's kind of like going from one thing and then he does this jump, which is pretty cool. At his age, he's like jumping to the next thing and so forth. And then he just falls over, falls on the ground, drills himself. He's kind of like, uh, dad, uh, uh. Anyway, uh, Kevin Hart impersonation. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he, and I literally said to him, Betty, be careful because you could break your arm. Seven minutes later. 
Ten minutes later, he's swinging from one thing and his feet go up in the air and he's been watching American Ninja Warrior too much. Why? Because when they fall off, they fall in the water. There wasn't any water at this park. There was gravity and hard ground and he fall over and, and it's, I saw it happen and I was just like, oh man. And, and I told him seven minutes before, so I was not like running up to him like, boo boo, it's okay, Benny, boo boo boo. That would have been my wife. She would have kissed him. It's okay. No, I was like, I was angry. I was like, get in the car right now. Because I knew the moment he, he, wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, when they fall down, a kid, they're crying. He was yelling. He was like, ah, ah. And I'm, I just kind of knew it. I'm like, dang it, we're going to the hospital. I'm like, get the car right now. I just told you we got him. <laughs> you would not want to have seen me. You're like, that's your pastor? I'm going to another church, okay? Why? <laughs> I'm going, to go, I'm going to go find a pastor that's perfect. He's going to be an angel. That's heaven. Till now, you're going to deal with some imperfection. Is that okay? All right, we can hang out together. <laughs> you and me and your imperfect butt, my imperfect butt, we can hang out together. Does that make sense? But anyway, I ran my son and then my daughter was having a moment of disobedience. She's at the park too. I'm like, get in the car. She's three. She's like, one more slide, one more slide. It is not time for one more slide. My son's just fractured his arm. Take a look at the picture. My, my son fractured his uh, tibia um, and uh, four weeks he's going to be wearing this thing and so forth. He thinks it's cool though. <laughs> he literally wanted me to go buy a texter for him today so his friends could sign. How do you already know that? How do you know that you've got to get a marker? A marker, sorry. Some of you are like, Textar, not sure. Marker, marker. How is that for my American accent? Marker. I just told him, be careful. Just told him, be careful. It breaks his arm. How many know your father's instructions for your life are for your flourishing? They are for your protection. They are for your peace. And they are going to save you and me some pain. If I listen to my daddy more, my heavenly father, I'm hopefully you're tracking with me. Your heavenly father wants to protect you. Your heavenly father isn't giving you warnings just to be a, a, a killjoy. Your heavenly father's giving you instructions so that he saves you some pain. How many of you, though, thank God that we have a God that even when you come broken, busted, and disgusted, He doesn't just kick you again and say, that'll teach you. No, He rides you to the hospital, to a place where that fracture can be fixed and, and flourishing again. And many of you are here today because you didn't listen to God's instruction and life has kind of beaten you up a little bit. And then eventually you're kind of like, all right, I'm going to go to the house of God because I think life, my way is not working. You're going to notice in the house of God, God is good and every instruction he has for you is not to cripple you. It is actually for your flourishing. But the good news of the gospel is God heals. God heals our minds. God heals our souls. I promise you, if you just keep on following Jesus, you'll have less pain. Now, I'm not saying you'll have no pain. Not saying no hard times. That'll be heaven. But how many would rather just avoid some of the stupid stuff that you and I do sometimes? Yeah. 
Like you just look at your life and go, why did I do that? You ever, ever, this wasn't part of my message before, but you ever, um, you ever, when you get like 24, 25, 26, 27, you realize your dad and mum were smarter than you thought? Like there's this weird age, isn't there? There's this weird age between the age of like 13 to like, oh, I can't remember my age, maybe 19, and you thought your parents knew nothing. They're like, how are they even this dumb? <laughs> and you looked at your parents and, and you're like, you're old and wrinkly. I mean, <laughs> so you thought because they had some wrinkles and they had some gray hair and maybe they had some challenges in their marriage, they didn't know nothing. And then you got to like 25, you're like, they were smart. There's just this stage where you're dumb. <laughs> it's gone the teenage years, isn't it? If you're a teenager in here, I don't like you. <laughs> You'll look back and go, oh, he knew. <laughs> Why didn't that listen? God wants to save you some pain. Do you believe that? Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me give another illustration. My three-year-old, I just had fatherhood illustrations all week this week. It was good. Right, Steve Nelson? My three-year-old was walking around with this book this week. A book about disobeying. She can't read yet. But she's walking around with a book. And I said to her, Hope, go do this. She was like, no. I'm like, read the book. You're carrying the book about it, disobeying, and you're disobeying. <laughs> oh, that'll preach. <laughs> I'm a Christian. Do I obey my father? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? You're carrying the name. You're carrying the book. You're wandering around, and the father is talking to you, warning you. Speaking to you, hey, giving you a conscience, and you're like, I don't, should I read it? <laughs> should we read it together? Check this out. I feel like I'm in kids' church. <laughs> this little girl, she's got a hand in the cookie jar, and then there's a buddy. I don't know if your eyes are good up the back there, but hopefully they are. It says, I ask you not to get into the cookies. I hope you are not. I hope. My daughter right there. I hope. I hope you are not disobeying me. I asked my daughter to do something recently. She said, I was like, honey, can you help? She said, I don't like helping. <laughs> You're three. <laughs> How do you say that at three already? Parenting tip. When my kids need to clean up, I set a timer, like 10 minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And, and, and I'm like, hustle, we got 15 minutes. The timer's going to go. You're going to start the timer. And then they're like, oh, we got 15 minutes till we're going to clean up. And they run around the house and they clean up, except Hope. I'm like, Hope, can you help? She's like, I don't like helping. <laughs> I'm like, honey, deal with her. I'm lost. I want to talk to you today about being planted in the king's court. Planted in the king's court so that you'd flourish. Isaiah chapter 61 is our text. It is out of the Amplified Bible. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because 
The Lord has anointed me and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted or the broken armed. To proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Someone say favor. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion, which is a picture of the church, the following. To give them, instead of dust for their heads, a sign of mourning, the oil of joy. And a garment expressive of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. And so they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent. Just slap your neighbor to say, this one's me. So they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord. Someone say the planting of the Lord. The planting of the Lord signifies that God himself is the one that plants you or instructs you how to be planted. The first initial verses talk about the grace of God. And then the next verse talks about the planting of the Lord. In other words, God wants to take you and your potential and your gifting and your life and everything that you are. And he wants to plant you in a certain place. And it'll seem like almost when you get planted, it's almost like dirt covers you. And there are times in your life where it feels like if you were to obey God in a certain area, it feels like it would almost bury you. Sometimes God, I remember God speaking to me as a young man at 18, 19, and he was like, no, 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 not that way. And I just remember going, are you sure? You ever done that? He's like, wait, 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 wait. I, had, I, had, I had it all figured out, Lord. And, and, and I, I promise you in worship time, one time God speaks to me so clear, not that way. I was like, but Lord, I, I mean, it'd be nice. He's like, no, no, no. You don't see the fruit that's going to happen. But I want you to die to something that you think is an amazing idea. How many of you ever had an amazing idea that wasn't actually an amazing idea? <laughs> yeah, you did. And you had an amazing idea. You went to a party or you did a certain lifestyle and you thought it was the best idea. And then later you're like, how come I got lemon trees when I wanted, and when I wanted oranges? How come it's bitter, but I wanted sweet? And God led you away from one direction and he directs you to another direction. But for some reason, when you get directed to that other direction, doesn't it feel like sometimes? It's like I just got buried. Doesn't it feel like a desire died? Doesn't it feel like sometimes a dream got, got kind of buried in the ground? Yeah. But here's the scripture. He says, a planting of the Lord. And so when God plants you, something good is going to grow up out of you. Something good, something strong, something magnificent, something awesome, something gracious, something good. Going to get a good amen, church alive. <laughs> the Bible says this, the planting of the Lord that who may be glorified. That the planting of the Lord, that who may be glorified? He may be glorified. Have you found that mankind does not do well with glory? Mankind often does not do well even if you become a celebrity. Like why do so many celebrities have to go to rehab? Why do so many people that get so much success and so much fame, why does it seem to destroy them? 
because you and I are not really created to receive glory. We are created to give glory. And someone can handle the glory only if they give the glory away. Your life can be successful and flourishing and and purposeful and great if you give someone else the glory. But if you attract it all to yourself, pride will come in. And all of a sudden, when pride comes in, then comes destruction. It'll kind of be a moment where you're, see my son when he was swinging from the, 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 the swing and he kind of got up in the air, he didn't realize he was in trouble. He was just on the way down. And we know on the way down, it's kind of fun. Like, wee till you hit. I found that, you know, it's, God doesn't punish you when you break his laws. You just break yourself against his laws. When you don't listen to his instructions, it's like you have fun for a moment or a season or five years or 10 years. And then it's like, pow. I was talking to someone recently that's been coming to our church for probably the last six months. It's actually, back in the day, was pretty well known. Um, Rapster and so forth. Um, hosted lots of like DJ parties and everything else. And he said to me this, he says, there's very few people in the music industry he says, that aren't famous, that don't have a vice, that don't have some addiction. He says, actually, a lot of them don't even make it out. Here's a dude who's been up in front of thousands of people rapping, and people are going, wow. <laughs> Not sure what that was. And he says, but I meet very few people in the, who are famous that don't have a vice because it's their glory. I think God wants you to be successful, but you have to give him the honor when you get success. Listen, I really believe God wants you to be successful. God wants you to flourish. God wants your business to do well. However, if you give him the glory when you get successful, you can have more success. God exalts the humble. But the prideful fall. Does that make sense? Then the Bible says this. Next verse, verse 4, guys. Isaiah 61, verse 4. It says this. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Someone say then. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Those who plant themselves in God's house, those who stay there, those that get offended and stay anyway, those that plant themselves in the Word of God every day, those that plant in the Word of God every day. Can I encourage you to be a Christian who hears or thinks about the Word of God every day? Like, like I, listen, I think Sunday should be a jump start to your faith. I don't know about you, when we grew up, we'd go to church on Sunday morning and then my mom would cook us like this really cool dinner on Sunday afternoon. And Sunday afternoon, she'd go all out. Like she'd make a roast. She'd make some really nice Chinese food and so forth. And you know when, I don't know if girls do this, but guys do this. We sit at the table when we're eating too much and like the, the, the stomach's starting to pop out and stuff. Then we just pop the little button. Just like give yourself a little more room. How many, know, how many men know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, that feels better. You're just eating too much. Sunday lunch was that for us. It felt good. It felt like it was a, a boost. Sunday should feel like a faith boost for you. But how many know it's not good enough just to eat Sunday? 
You've got to meditate on that word. You've got to think on that word. You've got to pray that word. You've got to speak that word. You've, you, listen, if you build your life according to the word, how did Jesus overcome the devil? He spoke the word. How did Jesus do it? Speak the word. How will you and I do it? Speak the word. Pray the word. Think the word. And you might be here today, you're like, oh, just start with one scripture. Someone say one. One scripture sometimes will feed you, sometimes for weeks, if you just sit there. Because knowledge puffs up, but love grows up. Wisdom will impart into your soul. Does that make sense? We live in a culture that loves gimmicks, to be honest. Just stir in this powder for 30 days, drink it, and you'll lose 30 pounds. And some bodybuilder that's never drunk the powder before is selling it. He's got an eight-pack and huge pecs and so forth. It's like, I just got ripped just by this one powder. Or Bowflex. How many remember Bowflex back in the day? 20 minutes, three times a week, the best shape of your life. Most people be in the worst shape of their life for 20 minutes a week, three times. What? No one's buff like that. That dude was working out two and a half hours a day and someone stumbled upon and said, here, can you sell Bowflex? He's like, okay. And you and I were like, three times a week. 20 minutes a day. That's all I have to do. Well, someone sold you how to get rich and just send us a little bit of money and you'll never have to work again. (laughs) And you sent them the money and you went, bye, bye, bye. You made someone rich, just wasn't you. (laughs) God's word is not gimmick. It's not a gimmick. It's principles. He says the planting of the Lord. The planting of God. This means I don't plant how I want to plant. It means I plant how God wants me to plant. It means I don't just, listen, take away out of your vocabulary attending church. Take into your vocabulary planting in the house of God, building the house of God. If you like to take notes, here's for you. Number one, make God's word a significant priority. A significant priority. God's word will warn you of disaster. I was uh, driving from Lyndhurst to Rutherford this week and a lady literally went through a stop sign, didn't read the stop sign, went right through it. There was two cars in front of me and she smashed into the oncoming car. Just boom, airbags open, dust and stuff everywhere. Lady was just shaken up. No one was hurt, thank God. But the lady didn't read the written instructions. God has written instructions for you. But often we're texting. We've got to read them. Someone say read them. Listen, whether you read the word, whether you listen to the word, it really doesn't matter. What is important is that you feed your faith. You must feed your faith. Now, don't just be a feeder, be a diet and exercise Christian. What does that mean? It means you feed and you do. You feed and you do. You come to the house of God and you feed Perhaps you read at different times, you listen to podcasts, you listen to sermons, whatever it might do. Feed your faith. But I found there is far more strength in the doing of it. God forms you as you serve Him. God flourishes you as you serve Him. God forms your character as you serve Him. We are a diet and exercise church. 
make, uh, find a place to do something in the house of God. Find a place to make a difference. Find a place to serve. Find a place. Why? Your serving will flourish your life. Because when you serve, you realize life isn't all about you. Don't we need that reminder regularly? When you serve, when you are building, it flourishes you. There's 34 different commands in Scripture that you cannot do unless you're in community and relationship with people. Serve one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. Give to one another. Take hospitality to one another. Pray for one another. You have to be around one another. These moments are good. Someone say good. These moments are good. But you've got to serve. You've got to give. You've got to make a difference with your time and your talent and your treasure. Everything that you are. How much does it take to plant yourself? Interestingly, all of you. Your seed, the seed of your life, your DNA has to go in the soil of God's house. And then you stay and you flourish. Are you with me, church alive? Come on, are you with me, church? God's promises are for your flourishing. God's warnings are for your protection. God's promises are for your flourishing and God's warnings are for your protection. Second point today is this. Can I have the worship team to come? Make God's house a non-negotiable. Make God's house a non-negotiable. Someone say pre-decide. pre-decide. You ever uh, been somewhere and you haven't pre-decided whether you're going to do something or not? Yeah. About to go to a party. If you haven't pre-decided you're not going to do the wrong thing, you're going to do the wrong thing. You haven't pre-decided when it comes to sexuality and so forth and the barriers there that God would set up. If you haven't pre-decided, you'll do anything and everything. If you haven't pre-decided to be honest in your business, when that $1,000 extra comes along or $10,000 or $100 extra come along, if you haven't pre-decided that you'll be honest, how many know there's a challenge? It's so much easier. When, when the alarm clock goes off on a Sunday morning, if you haven't pre-decided to get up, if you let feelings to speak, how many know feelings just are everywhere sometimes? You're like, you feel good? You're like, no. Feel good? Yeah. Feel good? No. Feel good? Yeah. You feel like going to school? No. Don't go. How's that working for you? <laughs> no, you, my daughter on Friday was having one of those days. She didn't want to go to school. Why? Benny was home. She, she literally was crying. She's like, Daddy, I'm like, I hate school tonight. I hate school. I'm like, you're in second grade. How do you hate it already? She actually doesn't. She loves school. But she was like, Daddy, I don't want to go. I don't feel like going. Father was like, no, you go to school. I'll give her a day off here and there, but I can't let her feelings dictate all the time. Can you? I can't allow my feelings to dictate whatever I'm going to do every day. I pre-decide and I'm going to serve Jesus. Listen to me, church. I'm going to serve Jesus for the rest of my life. That's pre-decided. I was 18. I got baptized. But guess what? I've had to keep on deciding that one. 
Every time God wants me to sacrifice something, every time God wants me to give something, every time God wants me to stretch, I'm going to go, oh, that's right. I'm following you with all my heart and all my soul. And I've seen blessing flow as I follow with all of my heart and all of my soul. How many know that if you marry someone, you want to marry all of them? You don't want them 50% in. Just feel like I want to encourage some people. God doesn't want you 50% in. He wants you 100% in because He can only bless the bit you give Him. You can only bless the, if you're 25% like in, you can't, okay, I can put my touch on 25% of your life. But what about that 75% of your life? It's going to get dysfunctional and messed up. Like, Lord, you can't have that bit. How about you give all of it to me? Give me your broken parts. Give me your successful parts. And I will heal you. And I will make you to be the person you are created to be. You will be an oak of righteousness. I see strength. I pray strength over this church in Jesus' Name. God wants to bless you, church alive. God wants to bless you, young person, lady and man. God wants to bless you. Some of you, you got some broken arms in here. God wants to heal them, set them straight. Sometimes He heals in a moment, I found. Sometimes there'll be moments, someone will pray for you. There'll be a word, there'll be a worship moment in church. And there'll be a supernatural touch. And you'll recognize that God healed something in your soul in a moment. And sometimes, five years later, you realize the process healed you. It's both. It's not one or the other. God blesses you. But I found He's more process orientated than I would like Him to be. I wish the Lord would just dazzle me. Just change me. Just, just, Lord, change me. And all of a sudden it's like, wake up every day, just joyful, happy, wise, organized. My life, my wife would like it if I was more organized. Right? But God processes me. God processes you. They shall be called oaks of righteousness and planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins, the places long devastated. They will repair the cities that have been devastated for generations. That is God's call for every man. That is God's call for every woman to not just God to heal you and restore you. God wants to do it through you. As we go to King's Court, I'm just believing that God is going to put His favour, His grace upon so many of us and you'll become, listen to me, if you follow God, you'll become an answer to someone else's prayer. You'll become the answer. You'll become the instrument. We've, we've been building and doing stuff and every builder that's come to the King's Court to do things, they bring their tools painters coming and they're spraying the place and so forth. Do you know the Father wants to take you as a tool and make you His instrument of blessing wherever He points your life, wherever He builds you, but He can only do it as we surrender our hearts to Him again, our lives to Him. Let the Father pick you up and let you be a hammer in the hand of God. I want to say this, do you think that the hammer knows what he's building? Do you think the hammer always knows? Do you think the hammer's like, well, this is worth it, Lord? <laughs> the guy with the spray paint, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of this. And sometimes the reality is, sometimes making a difference, you're kind of like, oh, am I making a difference? Trust me, if you're in the hand of God, you're making a difference. 
the devil wants to use people. And God wants to use people. The devil always destroys you as he uses you. God always builds you as he uses your life. God builds you. God uses you. God builds you. God uses you and builds you. The devil takes you and destroys you. Come on, close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you so much for every man, every woman, every family represented. God, every young person, every gift that sits in this house. Spirit of the living God, we just tell you again, I tell you again, we need you. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for the lives you are building. I thank you for the people you are not just reconciling, but restoring, Lord, to their original design. Breathe on these moments, Lord. Let something super be in these moments. Lord, a natural thing like speaking in front of people, take these moments and make them miraculous, I pray. My head's about and eyes are closed. Why don't you ask God, what's His Word to you right now? Where do you need to plant more? Spirit of God, speak to your people. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you don't, you're here today and you do not know the condition of your life spiritually, maybe at one time you walked with God, but now that is no longer. Maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. I would invite two people to pray a specific prayer with me. One person, you've never said yes to Christ. You don't know you're a child of God. You don't know if you're forgiven. Jesus loves you. He, he wants to forgive you. But there's a second person. You used to walk with God or you don't know the spiritual condition of your life. You've been running away instead of running to God. If you're here today and that's you all across this place, I want to pray a simple prayer with you. And I'm going to ask you to pray that with me. Then I'm going to ask you to let me know by slipping up your hand just so I can see it and pray with you. Come on, let's pray this prayer, Church Alive. Say, Father, I thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross, rise from the dead. I ask you, come into my life. Fill every hole, forgive every sin, strengthen my life according to your purpose. From this day on, God is my Father, Jesus my Lord, the Holy Spirit my help. The Word of God is my food, the house of God, my house. I am a child of God. My head's about and eyes are closed all across this place. If you prayed that prayer with me today, would you quickly let me know on the count of three? One, two, three, quickly all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, sir, in the back. Thank you, ma'am, over there. Awesome. Anyone else today? Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else today? Just quickly, quickly raise your hand. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray for every hand, every heart. In Jesus' name, thank you for your people. Bless your people now exceedingly and abundantly. Speak to them where they need it. Speak to them at that job. Speak to them, God, in the morning. Speak to them at night. Build your people, I pray, in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. And everyone said, can we stand to our feet, church alive? Come on, can we give Jesus a hand? One more time for all those people that raised their hand. And I want us to give Jesus a hand. 
for this place, last service in Church Alive. So come on, one more time. Give them a shout. Hey, once again, thank you guys for checking us out at Church Alive. We are so blessed to be a part of your week, a part of your lives. If you want to hear more of these messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, and on YouTube so you can see more messages, hear more messages just like this, and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great week.